0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Tune in to Conversations with Doctor D. Evan Young. Join America's leading relationship expert top holistic life coach and best-selling author, Dr. D. Ivan Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life.
2: While Dr. Young is away this week building on his legacy of excellence and great skill and service, we invite you to enjoy this full rebroadcast of Father Knows Best. And be sure to tune in Sunday at the regular time for the live show. Again, that's Sunday at 7.30 Central. Enjoy the show. Love Talk
0: Radio
3: Good evening, America. This is June the 16th, 2013, and Father's Day, so I want to start this show by saying um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are tuned in and listening to the show today. We have one heck of a good show for you, and I also want to say happy Father's Day to some of you moms that are doing both the job of mother and father, because to be honest, a kid needs two parents, and when you can play both roles, you're one heck of a sister, but... Today, the show is all about dad. Anybody can be a father, but it takes a real man to be a daddy. You know, a good father makes all the difference in a child's life. He's the pillar of strength. He's the support. He's the discipline. His work is endless and oftentimes just thankless. But in the end, it shows in the sound, well-adjusted children that he raises On Father's Day, much of the world will take the time to appreciate the work of good fathers. So I hope today that you took the time to appreciate the work of your father. And I'm going to tell you like this. My father, uh, the late Cicero young dad, I miss you. I love you. I dedicate this show to you today but I am very fortunate that I am joined uh, in studio with two guests that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and I'm going to shut up and let my producer, Julia, tell you who they are. Julia, are you on?
2: I'm here. We actually have an amazing lineup today. We have Dr. Earl Allen, who's the director of Kingdom Builders University at Windsor Village United Methodist Church, And we have W. Eric Crooms, who's an author, speaker, and life coach. And he runs a nonprofit empowerment and support group for single dads called Their Eyes Were Watching Daddy.
3: Wow. That is so cool. Uh, I want to thank you for getting uh, those gentlemen in-house. I know both of them very well. And America today is a great day for the soon-to-be-dad, the dad that's trying to make up for time and and opportunities gone, as well as the father that's in the midst of the journey. I want you guys to know that when we get finished, not only am I going to give you 12 traits of a great father, but the gentleman I have on the show today, uh, one is a mentor, and the other one is a very dear friend. Uh, I can't say enough about Dr. Earl Allen, Earlier in 2012, Dr. Allen has mentored some uh, of the greatest minds in entrepreneurial as well as um, thought leaders in and, and the country. He, in himself, has been a great father. He has an impeccable relationship, and he always tells me, you know what, bro, uh, the thing that's made me perfect is I'm not perfect. And when he told me that, I think that I was the best candidate for his tutelage, and he came up with a program last year where he elected to bring on 12 select young men out of this big metropolis of Houston with, I guess, what, 9 million people in the metro, and I was very, very honored and fortunate to be in that group of 12. So without further ado, Dr. Earl Allen, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here, Doctor. I have a great deal of respect for you, and I appreciate the honor of allowing me to be a part of your father's Day's program
3: man, I, I've got to just go in because I know your schedule is tight. Dr. Allen, um, tell us just a little about yourself, and then you know I've got questions.
4: <laughs> well, I'm a father of five. One is deceased. Uh, two of my five uh, were my first two when I was a young man and about 18 years old. Uh, unfortunately, uh young lady and I, Got involved in sexual activity. She became pregnant, and uh, from the from that it it started. My mother and her mother insisted that we get married. We didn't know anything about love. We were just you know having having fun. So we thought. Uh, so we got married. Neither one of us loved each other, uh, but we respected each other, and we had two children. I had a daughter and a son. Uh, and my daughter and my son. From that marriage grew up without me, I was not a part of their life in the earlier years, but love has a way of cutting through all of the maze and stuff and Today, they both call me and wish me a happy father's day. I'm gonna go out where they are to live in California and to spend time with them uh during my birthday, so God worked that out. Then I have two uh sons uh from another marriage. Uh, One of them is deceased, but the one that is here is doing well. He's a public accountant. I mean, uh, CPA, and he's also a financial advisor, has a family. He's in Atlanta right now with his two children. They're going to school in Atlanta, and he's there with them, worshiping and going to church with them and so on. And then I have a son by marriage, and my current wife and my last wife and my sweetheart. Uh, we have a son who's a pastor of a church. And so I'm I, I'm just an ordinary person who's tried to live a life in my latter years that God would be pleased with. And a part of that is trying to mentor and help other young men not make the mistakes that I made in life. Dr. Allen, I've got to ask some questions.
3: I, I, I know I, I read your book. Uh, and b- before you leave, please, I want us to share how people can obtain up- that book. But the first thing I want to ask you about is a lot of young men, me included, we start out thinking with, the I think, the old vernacular is we think with the wrong head. And we end up ourselves in some situations where, um, you know, we are physi- physiologically able to produce a child we are able to father a child but we don't know a doggone thing about being Mm -hmm. a daddy Tell, uh, tell us in in your own words what is it that a man can do that has screwed up in his earlier life to get over his embarrassment the shame and probably the guilt he feels for not manning up what's the things that you would suggest that he do to go ahead and start the reconciliation process
4: First thing that any man should do, young or old, uh, should make sure that God's first in his life. He has to have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It may sound old-fashioned, but I cannot think of a better formula than to have a relationship, personal relationship with God. Uh, that's first and foremost. You should love God more than you love anybody else. There should be no human being that a person loves more than he loves God. Uh, that's that's a necessity uh, the second thing I, I think a father should do is to love his wife uh, there should not be any human being on earth including children that a father should not love the mother of those children uh, in my case uh, I didn't love the mother because I didn't know anything about love I, I was a youngster who didn't know what love really was at the time but uh, secondly the wife comes first and then thirdly to love the children. Uh no matter what happens, uh even if the two must depart, there should be love for their children and respect for that their mother. You know, I know of some cases where husband and wife they can't make it, they divorce, they have children, and one or two of the spouses, either the mother in a lot of instances the mother Uh, you know, they speak very derogatory about the father and so on. What must be remembered is that that father, no matter what you think about him, he is the father of your children, and therefore you should show show respect for them. Like my two children by a previous marriage, during my earlier years, uh, their mother and I have a good relationship now. Uh, We respect each other. We are very cordial when we are around each other, and, Personally, I feel that should be the case in all areas, in all instances with men who may have had problems in their early years and they may have gotten divorced or they may not have even gotten married and so on. So I think that love God, love the wife, love the children, and be a man of integrity. You know, don't be a one of these guys, what I call knuckleheads. You know, try to find some way to get on the right path and stay there.
3: So let me ask you this, Dr. Allen. When it when it uh, when it comes time for the man to reengage what he's walked away from. And and in many instances, I was doing a little bit of research, and what I found is in excess of 50% of children in our last decade have been born out of wedlock, you know, which is, uh, in my time, which I'm a man of a certain age, and I'm not shamed. I just had a birthday last week. I turned 52. But even in my time, I was a bastard child. I was, uh, you know, my dear mother had given birth to four other children, was in the middle of a divorce, and thank God she had a, an aunt that said, you know, Rose, let us take him. Let let us raise this one. But how does that man, when he's ashamed, when he's probably more than likely not economically viable, you know, or he'd have been there in the first place, how, what do you suggest that he do when he comes back? What should he say? What should he do? Should he write a letter? Should he call? Should he just show up at the door on his knees? What should he do, Dr. Allen?
4: He should first try to make peace with the mother. Uh, because unless there 's peace and harmony between the two of them, the child is going to be hindered and hampered in terms of their development. so uh, the thing I would recommend is that, after some prayer and trying to get his spiritual life in order uh, and this let me say this: you know that uh, it may sound old fashioned you know and i 'm from the old school you 're not going to get very far in life on the positive side of life unless you have a relationship with God. You know, you just have to, you know, there's no way of getting around it. Uh, if you don't have a relationship with God, you know, you are, you are uh, detrimental to your children and to your former spouse because there's nothing you can, positive that you can do or say that has any lasting value if you're not trying to be a godly man. And so that, that would be my first requirement is that there has to be some desire on the part of that man uh, to... Become a godly person. I have a little uh, formula I use. I call it the recipe for victory. And whatever it is that you're trying to do in life, this recipe will work. The very first thing I say is that you need to have a desire. You need to have a desire to be a godly man, to be a godly father, and if you get married, be a godly husband. You have to have that desire, and it has to be a burning desire. Just a weak desire is not going to make you have to Nothing else will be more important for you in terms of having a good life is that you have to desire it first. Secondly, you need to make a decision. A lot of folk have desires, but they don't decide to do anything about it. And so you need to make a decision to do something about that. And thirdly, you need to have some type of plan, some game plan, or something that's going to give you direction in terms of how you go about doing what you want to do. Fourthly, you need to have discipline to follow that plan. And then fifthly, you need to have determination to stick with that plan until it works. You know, when you have a relationship with God, you can pray to him, you can talk to him. He will talk back to you. He will give you instructions and so on. And then obey them. You just follow those instructions. I call that the recipe for victory.
3: Wow, wow.
4: I've got to ask
3: another question, Dr. Allen. There are a lot of dads out there that are parenting another man's child. And I know that uh, one day uh, when we were having a meeting of the group of the 12 that I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, you said that you had an event where your stepson came in and said, Dad, I want to change my name. Could you tell us about that?
4: Yes. uh, My my wife now, we've been married for 37 years. Uh, She had a son when we first got married. And I was the only father, he says, that he ever knew. Uh, He was about 10 when we got married. And uh, I treated him like he was my son. We did this thing, blended family. We just had one family. Uh, He never called me. I was never used the term of being a stepfather. I was his father. He called me dad. To this day, he calls me dad. And so we got married. He had a son. I had two plus the two children I had in California, and we just became a family. And to this day, we're a family. Uh, my uh, children, today we were talking to my daughter and son in California. Uh, my son, this young man that I sit for my, my wife currently, he uh, he was here, and so the son, my son called me to wish me a happy bir- birthday in the future, but also Father's Day. And they talk, he calls himself, they call themselves brother and My daughter, he calls her his sister, Uh, and that's just the way it is. If you talk, they talk to anybody, it's brother and sister. And I just think that what happens is that uh, a brother needs to make sure that he views the son from the previous marriage of the mother or the father as his own son, uh, as part of the family, that he's not a stepfather, he's a father. Now, they may have problems calling the, this man a father, but I think if the parents get together and decide on how they will address each other, that's an issue that should be decided uh, in concert with each other. each of the, And even with the children, the children may be adult children, and there needs to be some discussion about that. But I'm thinking, I think that my son, for some reason, decided, unbeknownst to us, That And this is what he says today, that, look, you're the only father that I ever knew. My father, my natural father, I didn't know him, and I don't consider myself his son spiritually. I may be his son biologically, but spiritually speaking, the only man that I've known as a father was was me. And so I recommend strongly that, if possible, there should be some attempt to resolve that issue uh, amicably, and that there should be some discussion about it openly with the children involved.
3: Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Allen. I'd like for you to tell our audience, because it's such a beautiful story, and the reason why I'm saying this is when I was seven years old, uh, I was, again, raised by my great-aunt, and at about five, her daughter said, well, Mother, you are too old to be trying to raise this little hyperactive boy I just got married and I want to raise him. So my, who I call my daddy, uh, Cicero walked in the room one day and he said to me, well, you know what? My first wife died having a baby. And when we got you to be honest, I just really didn't want any more kids. But since you've been in this house, you've been my good luck. I quit smoking. I got a new job. He said, I want to change your name. And I said, well, you going to change my name? He said, yeah, I want to give you my name. And I said, okay. And then he gave me, I thought he was going to change my name to Cicero Young, but he didn't, and I felt cheated, but he did give me the last name. And that just, uh, that was probably one of the most beautiful days of my life. And even all these years later, when I think of it, it brings tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you very similar situation, uh, almost in reverse, that happened with your wife's biological child and you. Could you tell us about that?
4: Well, uh, as I said, we didn't know that our son was thinking the way he was thinking. He came in one day and he says, Mom, Dad, uh, I've decided to change my name. And we says, well, you know, are you sure you want to do that? He says, I'm absolutely positive that I want to do that. And as I said earlier, he said the only dad that I've known is my dad, you know. He's your husband, he's not my biological father, but as far as I know and expect, he's been the father that I needed and he's the father that I know. Tell you how how important this was is that I pastored a church for a number of years, one that I organized, and when I got ready to step down God told me to give that church to this young man to change his name to my name and he wears the name and all of his children wear the name. He has 3 boys. Actually he has 5 children. He has a daughter and an older son plus 3 boys. And they all wear the name uh Allen in doing, you know, and we are just one big happy family. They were all over today. We had dinner together and so on, and we just fellowship as a family. Uh, you can call use the term blended family. We don't use that term, but, I mean, that's the term that is used when you have two families from separate uh, marriages. Uh, but in, in my family, we don't use that term. We don't say stepfather, stepson, stepmama. we just mama and papa.
3: Wow. Dr. Allen, uh, one other thing because I know your schedule is really tight and I want to get to Eric. Where can people, first, what's the name of your book? And second, where can
4: people buy it? First, the name of the book is Once Bitter, Now Blessed. My wife wrote the book. She's a tremendous author and she wrote the book uh, some years ago. And the way you can purchase the book is call the number. Area code 713-436-9755. Uh, it's not for sale on in bookstores, except for one bookstore at the church, but you can call and we can tell you how you can get a copy of it. It's called okay, Once, Let, once Bitter, Number. They pardon, 713-436-9755. And the name of the book? Once Bitter. Now, blessed. And basically it's titled saying that there was a period in my life that I was pretty bitter. Uh, I was not a very pleasant person to be around or to be involved with. But that all changed when I made peace with God and got my life on track. I am extremely blessed, and I try to be a blessing to others. Uh, with by the life I live and the example I set.
3: Well, Dr. Allen, I sure appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to uh, join us today. It's always an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. I love you, and happy Father's Day in America. We will be right back with W. Eric Crooms, the author of the two books, one, Dance in the Dark and Poetic Reflections on Love and Culture, and Brother to Brother. We'll be right back in about 45 seconds. Thank you, Dr.
4: Allen. Thank you.
3: Yvonne Young You're listening to us live And this is a Father's Day show That the topic of this show is Father Knows Best And when you have a good one He definitely does As a matter of fact I just want to send a comfort to some people You know If you don't have your biological father You will never be without your Heavenly Father So at any time You need to talk to him. He's going to always be there. He will take your call 24-7. And I'm not trying to preach to you, but I am just trying to make you aware that you are not alone. So if you never have had a dad or a dad is passed on or you are in a situation where you can't reach out and talk to your biological dad, the the one that created both you and him is at your disposal. The other thing, let me give out this number. It's 646-478-5610. If you want to call in and ask uh, one of my guests a question or make a comment about uh, an experience that you've had being a father or with your father, feel free to do that. That's 646-478-5610. Now, with that said, I want to welcome Mr. Crooms to the show. How are you doing, Eric?
0: I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for having me.
3: Hey, it's it's wonderful having you here. Would you share with America just a bit of who you are and what you do, so they can know you like I know you?
0: Absolutely. I my name is uh, W. Eric Croons, Wayne Eric Croons specifically, and I am an author, motivational speaker, and um, author of two books, Dance Dance in the Dark, Poetic Reflections on Love and Loving Culture. Which was my uh, first book published, self published in 2002. In 2006, I also self published Brother to Brother, Becoming helping me in from the Inside Out. I also did a collaboration with uh, 19 other authors in 2010, summer 2010, on a great collection of uh, excerpts. And the name of that book was No Glory Without a Story. And that essentially is the. Uh, The book that I contributed a piece regarding fatherhood and which was tantamount to my launching the nonprofit group empowerment and support group, uh, Their Eyes Were Watching Daddy, which is a locally based uh, empowerment group. What we do is we try to minister to single dads. So we have a very specific audience in terms of who we're trying to help the most let me ask you something, Eric, and, and
3: dealing, because that's often something that's overlooked. I've been a single dad in uh, raising my kids and, and back and forth, so a lot of people think that is just a myth. You know, they, they see it, they hear about it, but they don't understand that there are a lot of men out there that are manning up and uh, just like I was braiding hair, combing hair, and, and reading bedtime stories and getting up and cooking breakfast. There are a lot of brothers that are out there doing that. What experience would you say that you've seen through the organization their eyes were watching daddy what is give me some of the stories that you've seen that just really touched your heart?
0: Well, I think the biggest issue that most of the single fathers that we come into touch with is is found in one one word dr young and that's fear f e a r fear there's a strain of Fear, which runs the gamut of single fatherhood, not just in the African-American experience, but others as well, because we try to reach out to not only African-Americans, but uh, Hispanics, our white uh, brothers who are also single fathers as well. And what I'm discovering, and this organization is about a year, year and a half old, but from my talks with, with men individually, from the workshops that we have uh uh produced here locally, a lot of men stay in the shadows of their children's lives because of fear. they are afraid, and in particular, if they are dealing with a hostile mother, that is to say a mother who is not allowing allowing them to have a relationship with their children, then it's even more it's even more acute the fear factor because they you know they don't go to family court they don't answer the summons they don't keep a job intentionally uh to avoid paying child support things like that but quite frankly there are some men that want to be a part of their children's lives who simply don't know what the first step is because they have to you know operate by by uh, legal restraints and, 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 and legal precedent, they have to go down to the uh, family court. They have to get child support started. They have to answer the summons, and all of that can be quite intimidating to a lot of these uh, young men, young fathers as young as 18, and even fathers up to my age bracket in the 40s. So it's 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 fear that's keeping a lot of men from being a relevant. Factor in the lives Of their children Let me ask you
3: something Do you think that um, Sometimes We have all the institutions Getting involved From the uh, Attorney General's office To the criminal system Where men are actually being incarcerated But the one institution that's Not involved is the institution Of families Where we have uh, someone urging the mother as well as the father to put their biases aside and quit using the child as a weapon or as an income means, but to really focus on the fact that kids do need a dad in the home.
0: Yeah, well, if your question is 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 the family is there a family support system which encourages this type of behavior on, on the part of the mother? Well, I know not just on the mother uh, because I'm not going to put this one on mom. I, I
3: really think that there is a issue at hand uh, where Roland Martin and I did an interview, and you guys can find this thing on YouTube, where the definition of family has just really been. Uh, just obliterated, uh, for lack of a better term. So a lot of others don't know how to be a father because they never had one themselves, or the one that they had was just, you know, in and out the house or they were raised in chaos. So do you think that we have just on all sides, men, women, grandparents, uh, put the emphasis on hating on dad or hating on mom and, and taking the emphasis off of the child?
0: Oh, yes. Definitely. I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, Dr. Young, that we don't live in an Aussie and Harriet context. Fatherhood does not play out in an Aussie and Harriet context. Uh, you're quite right in terms of the family structure today. It's no longer the, you know, predominantly the uh, nuclear uh, two-parent home. Uh, even my pastor this morning when he preached uh, the uh, morning service, he uh, he mentioned the fact that most of the families at our church are blended families. Um, these are families that are predominant in our culture, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's it's a matter of what it boils down to, in my estimation, though, is individual responsibility. I mean, two people have to come together and understand that a child's life hangs in the balance. And And somebody has said it quite well, the child has nothing to do with the warfare between you and, and the other parent. And so, you know, we need two people, two adults to to realize that to put aside these uh differences and come and and do what's best for the child. Unfortunately, we don't have enough of that happening. And that's one reason why I organize their eyes for watching daddy because a lot of the men that we uh, minister to as I said earlier, are dealing with um, hostile mothers. And I'll be quite frank, I'm dealing with the same situation, hence I'm an advocate. So, you know, advocacy was born out of my experience, and hence their eyes were watching daddy. So there's a way that you have to deal with it. Every situation is going to be different, but there are some things I believe that every man that wants to be a part of his child's life, there are some things that he can do to make that happen Yes, I do believe that most of the, the weight is on the side of mothers And perhaps that's the way it should be Because we have such a, a, an astounding history of lack of dad support Things of that nature But at the same time, I do believe that if a man really wants to be a part of his child, child's life He can do it if he has the desire let me ask you this, Eric. One thing that
3: I, well, I know for a fact, uh, I'm a mentor. I'm in 100 black men. And just kind of like Dr. Allen, when I was a younger man, I was definitely not thinking with the head that was on my shoulders. You know, I was very much off into bling in my cars and trying to keep the big figures rolling. And Please I that. didn't really meet that time did not care. You know, time waits right. on no man, and the one thing that is constant in this universe is change. So I guess one question I have for you is, how do we get a guy that has lost sight of what is really important in life to look back at at the calendar and at the clock and and say to this guy, you know what, bro, it's time for you now to connect with your child, whether that child is 2 or 22, what would you suggest? I asked Dr. Allen the same question, but tell me some steps that these guys can take where they can get back and become part of that child's life.
0: Well, I definitely agree with Dr. Allen when, he's, when he um, said that that we must have at first a relationship with God. I mean, that's definitely the first step is a relationship with God, developing a profound relationship with God, a higher power or whatever you want to call it. There must be something higher than you. There must be a higher power that you recognize and that you are responsible to. If that doesn't happen, then he is any man is like a, a ship without a rudder. He is He is sailing the sea and he is not anchored at all. So if he doesn't have that, then he's he's already missing the mark. But the second thing, I think it also echoes what Dr. Allen said, is that he must have a relationship with himself. He must understand where he is and where he is going and where he needs to be. And where he needs to be in relation to his life is in the life of that child or his children because the, whole, the, the entire title of the uh, nonprofit, their eyes were watching daddy, you're a mentor, Dr. Young. When you walk into a room and it's full of young people, young children, toddlers, I I, I can guarantee you being a male figure, those eyes fasten upon you. They look at you. And if, if that child or if those children have a common strain of not having male figures in their lives, if they don't have a father in their lives, it's even more so. So I truly believe that the eyes of a child are fastened upon the father. And uh, I've always said that a piece of that father and a piece of that child dies every day that that father elects not to pick up the phone, not to send a birthday card, not to pick him up for the weekend, things like that. A piece of him dies. But, again, the very first step is is a relationship with God, but he must also have a relationship with himself. He must have been able to achieve, that's what I talk about in Brother to Brother, achieving a measure of spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and physical soundness as we strive to meet the demands of living in a material world. We've got to know who we are, and we've got to know where we're going, and we, we've got to know that uh, that we're needed. I gave an example in in a No Glory Without a Story. A chorus to this day, Doctor, rings through my my ears, my head, It's the words that my dad would always say to me when I was 20, 21 years old. He would say, Wayne, my first name, that boy show needs you. And what he was referring to was my oldest son, who was a a toddler back then, and I was getting ready to go to college, be a better man and all that, but my dad would always say, Wayne, that boy show needs you, and – Twenty years later, Dr. those words still ring in my head, and now I know what he meant by that because he was speaking from his own experience. He did not have his own father in his life, so he needed his father. And what he was mm-hmm. telling me and telling my brothers and I is those kids need you. So we've got to have men who know, who understand intimately that they are needed, in the lives of their children's
3: life. Well, one thing I want to add to that, and this is to all the brothers that are listening or to some of you single moms out there, is uh, you don't have to be perfect to be a mentor. You don't have to be perfect to be a dad. Um, I can definitely attest that life will throw you curves, and we will all sooner or later have to fight our own version of Goliath. But the David within us, be it us, that's the young man that's 17 and now you have a baby with a girl that's 16 or you're the guy that you walked away. You walked away, years and time have just flown by, and now the, the kid that you saw that was in a diaper is shaving. It's never too late. Right. For you to love uh, Because at the end of the day um, It's all about love I, I'm going to say this And then i got a, a couple of things I'd love to get your opinion on And Julia, I would like for you to even jump in Julia is a, a licensed social worker And she's seen the benefit And as well as the curse of adoption uh, I'm one of the kids That had a loving mother That sacrificed and said You know, I love him enough to give him away And I just want to know Julia, what is your opinion uh in terms of a man coming back into a child's life your professional opinion how should what's the best strategy
2: i think that people overthink it and they feel that there needs to be a strategy or there needs to be you know some set way or something perfect but with kids even adults that have that kid inside them they just want you to be there an apology goes a long way and an i love you goes even further um, it's really just a lot more simple than people think. I've seen miraculous changes just with someone showing up. So,
3: uh, well, when you, let me ask you this, Julia. And again, uh, she has the license, folks. So if I, if I'm if we're all going to get blessed today, we need to be glad that that's our producer. But Julia, tell me when you've seen kids that don't have dad, and what do you notice that's missing? in that child because there's an absence of a fraternal figure?
2: It depends on if it's a boy or a girl. Um, The absence of a father definitely, you know, has an influence that lasts well into adulthood if the person doesn't recognize it and take steps to correct it. With the girls, you often see them in life looking for that daddy figure, um, often looking for love in all the wrong places. Um right. and with the with the boys, goodness, <laughs> you just see a lot of pathologies that erupt. You either see them having to be the husband at home, you know, so they lost part of their childhood, or you see a lot of anger towards their father, you know, so that anger comes out in different environments. It's it's just a lot that you see. Wow,
3: well, Eric, when you're working with um Some of these single dads, we know for a fact that women have support systems, and some of them are like the group that I'm honored to be a part of, 100 Black Men. We have the largest mentoring organization for boys of color in the world, and we're very, very successful at it. But there are other institutions like Big Brothers and Big Sisters and what have you. What can men turn to when they're the single parent? And they need to have that anima, meaning that female energy uh, poured onto that little girl or that little boy. Uh, what is a safe route, in your opinion, for a single dad to take in terms of having that child get the nurturing and the feminine energy that they need?
0: Well, I think I think it's uh, it's imperative that that men, single fathers, use the resources that they do have and. and one of the um one of the things that we have at my church is a ministry which is designed for um uh, single fathers we uh, especially the ones who are coming out of um the prison context into the back into the general society uh and of course parental skills parental skill sets not the only thing that these men lack but they there are some other social skill sets that they lack. But men have got to take advantage. Young men have got to take advantage of the resources that mostly their churches offer. Uh, we have a, a a influx of mega churches, black mega churches, which most of them offer some kind of of ministry or some kind of uh, class that can that can meet the needs of these men. And it's, it's so needed, as Julia was saying. I mean, she's up. She's she's on the on the front line there. She's seeing it. You know, I'm saying that down the road as these young men become, you know, uh, older men And e- even into their 30s and 40s, you know, they're lacking in those skill sets But but I would say the number one thing, if these men are involved, in, if they're a member of a church They need to take advantage of any kind of community resource, church resource uh, Groups like mine, uh, their eyes are watching that But I tell you, it's 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 hard to crack the surface because for so long we for whatever reason we just think that we don't need help. So I think really doctor it boils down to the ego. We gotta get the ego out of the way because a lot of a lot of men, single fathers, are suffering in silence because they are too proud to admit that they need help. They don't know the first step. They don't know how to present themselves in family court. They don't know that they don't need a lawyer Per se when they go to the family court And, I, and I'm sure it's, it's, it's You know it's different in, in whatever Municipality they may be in But you know they don't know That you don't need a lawyer that you can file The paperwork that you can go to the Clerk's office pay whatever Fee you need you need to pay But you got to have a desire You know what I mean if you don't yeah. have that desire yeah. I mean,
3: Nothing's going to happen no. But I just want to say this you know, the message our culture gives us uh, about the relative roles of ego and self and soul can be so confusing, and this is especially true as it relates to being a single dad and especially for young men growing up with that, uh, without a father. Even in the management environment, the literature focuses on a healthy ego, and that comes at the exclusion of self and soul. And then the church starts being so focused on soul that it forgets about self, and then right. even in the political right. arena, the concerns for ego are about access to jobs and pay and education and status and The worst thing in the world is that in the psychological model, when people come to some of my colleagues, they are so busy uh emphasizing healthy ego development, they forsake the spirit and they forsake everything else. With that said, and this is a question for Julia, Julia, what are some of the things that you suggest that people can do, uh, the ones that can't afford to come see me, the ones that just have access to a public library or public resources or some agencies or some places that you could suggest that they go to get resources on parenting and how to be a better parent?
2: Um, Well, first, reading is free. There's so much knowledge, you know, in books, so much knowledge in books. So that's what I would say first. Um, Second, you know, organizations like Dr. Allen mentioned today and like Mr. Crooms mentioned, find an organization or a mentor group like the ones that they lead, a support group. And get involved and just having those people to feed off of and, you know, vent with and grow with is, you know, is just huge. And third, you know, it doesn't matter what your religion is, but find some sort of spirituality, find something larger than yourself to, you know, help pull you through it. You don't have to call that thing God, but we all do need something that, you know, just kind of gets us through, pulls us through the rough times.
3: Wow. Well Eric, uh before the segment wraps, can you tell us a how can people get in contact with you, your organization, where can they find your books? Give us the four one one.
0: Absolutely. My website is uh TUDE T E W D Online. It's just an acronym for their eyes for watching Daddy. That's TUD Online dot org, t e w d online. dot org. Uh, I also have a blogspot, w eric crooms at blogspot.com. and also my Facebook is Wayne E Crooms. Uh, is the there a phone number? Yes, sir. Two one four four nine three two eight seven five. That's my direct number.
3: That's in Dallas, Dallas right?
0: Yes, sir, Dallas-Fort Worth. Actually, uh, Arlington, but in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But any information uh, that they want to gather on their eyes for watching that and what we do, uh, the um, workshops that we have coming up, we're doing a workshop next month on um, how to navigate family court. You know, what's the first thing you do when you get down to family court, things like that. So they can get that information on the website.
3: Okay, that sounds great. Well, hey Eric, thanks for joining us for the show. Uh, America will be right back in 45 seconds. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I started this show and I said that I was going to provide 12 things that the traits of a great father. And I want you guys to get a pen and write some of this stuff down because if you didn't have a dad, you don't know how to be a dad, these are just some things that I want you to think about, pray about, meditate on, do a little bit of research on. And I'm going to run through this list, and we've got probably just enough time for me to get through all 12. So the first one, a good father loves his children, but he doesn't let them get away with murder. He strongly disapproves of his children's misdeeds using tough love to prove a point. Now, here's what I mean by this you know, a father's not going to reward his children for actions that are expected of them. You know, like if you're supposed to help mom in cleaning the house, or you're supposed to do well in school, you know, dad may or may not. I'm not saying don't give a kid a pat on the back. We all need encouragement. But if if your kid is acting a doggone fool at school and, and wreaking havoc in the classroom, Dad, you need to step in and discipline them. And for you moms that are dating guys and trying to choose the right man to be around your child, don't get tripped out when a man, and I'm not saying beat your child. I did not say that. But what I am saying is when, you're, when that man jacks your child up, meaning pulls them to the side and says, look here, you are not going to disrespect your mother or your teachers, or other people, or you're a child, you're not grown, take your little ass in there and then sit down. That is what men are supposed to do, ladies. We are supposed to set boundaries and, and lead by example. So here's what I'm going to really underline here. There are a lot of guys out there, and I'm going to borrow Dr. Allen's term, idiots. There are a lot of idiots out there that want to have a do as I say, not as a do as I do. Look for the do as I do do, okay? Say that real quick, right? The do as I do guy is fun that you really want. The second one, a good dad allows his kids to make mistakes. You know, a good father realizes that his children are human and that making mistakes is just part of growing up. So, you know, if you've got a teenager, a young adult that's spending money recklessly, or, you know, one of the kids is just learning to drive, dents the car or there's even some uh, dating, somebody that you really ain't feeling. Your kids aren't perfect because, hey, fella, you weren't perfect. So lighten up. Realize that your kids are just as human as you, and your job is to be the one safe place for them to come to when they fall. Number three, be open-minded. A good father understands that times, people, and tastes change over the years, so don't try to maintain some gold standard that has something to do back when you were rocking Fred Flintstone-type car. You know, uh, we actually have brakes and remotes for cars. People have cell phones, so when your kid says they want a cell phone or they want uh, something that you didn't have, don't go start talking about how you didn't have a phone, but you probably didn't have – A lot of computer either. But times have changed, man. So change with the times and realize that your kids aren't walking 10 miles to school and quit telling that lie your ass didn't either. The next thing is a good dad teaches his children to appreciate things. He teaches his children to not take the bounty of the house for granted, the fact that you got, even if you're sharing a bedroom, at least you have a bedroom to share. You know he teaches that child to say grace over dinner. It may seem a little outdated and played, but i and I'm not trying to get religious on you guys, but every child needs a spiritual foundation, and how can a child be pastored unless they are first father? You know what I'm saying, so make sure that you teach your children to be meek and to be humble, and the best way to do this is lead by example, not by running around trying to tell somebody what they ought to do, and you're doing the exact opposite. The next thing, if you were a jock and you have a son that, let's say, he'd rather do art, he'd rather cook than catch a ball or shoot a ball, accept it, man. You know, your kids aren't going to be little miniature versions of you accept and embrace their differences because there's a way that the universe balances a family. So if you have all of these people that want to be doctors and lawyers, what good is a doctor and a lawyer if he can't call a plumber? What good is making all this money if you don't have a carpenter or if your car breaks, you don't have a mechanic? So accept the fact that your kids' gifts will be very different than the gifts you have. You are not um, supposed to spawn out little mini-me's, but you're supposed to bring out the best of their natural gifts because the word says your talents will bring you before great men and your gifts will make room for you. Who better than a dad, or even a stepfather, or if let's say you're the older brother or you're an uncle and you're the male figure, you don't have to necessarily be the biological daddy of a child to be a father figure to them. But you be the one to encourage them and give them that pat on the back because I'm going to tell you what happens. If you don't give them that pat on the back, the gang will give them the pat on the back. The streets, at first, and underline that term, at first, We'll give them a pat on the back, and then they're going to pimp them like a $3 host. So remember, it is very important that positive reaffirming word from you goes a long way. Number six, you spend quality time with your children. Now, I understand that we live in times where you spend an hour and a half driving to work, spend an hour and a half trying to get back home, whether you're in a car, on the bus, or or even walking or riding a bike. You make it home and you're tired and you just really ain't feeling uh, all of this today, but it's all good. You still can spend some quality time with your kid, and it pays to do that. The time that you spend, that little 30 minutes or an hour, could prevent them from spending days and weeks in jail. Next thing, number seven, lead by example. I said this over and over again. That do as I say, not as I do is a bunch of bull. You cannot tell your kid to not smoke weed and you're sitting there rolling a blunt. You can't, you can't tell your kid not to, uh, to, to go and mistreat women and take advantage of their friends and here you are, you being a whoremonger. Or you're sitting up backstabbing people that you are saying are your, are, are your boys. You know, you can't do that. Have the same presentation that you would have in front of your mother and father in front of your children. After all, you are their first role model, and everything that they see you do, that's going to be the guiding light and the guiding star for their life. Continuing. Always be, and I said this earlier, when a dad is supportive and loyal, you're teaching your son two things. One, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to not be perfect. I will be so honest. I'm going to be transparent to you, America. When I was growing up, I had a mother, and I loved my mom. My mom would say, you know, if I made A's and B's, she would often just say, well, why didn't you make all A's with my dad? and I, And to this very day, I never will forget this. My dad walked up to me one day. I was feeling so bad. I had, like, two B's on a report card, and my mom grilled me. My father said, you know, I don't care if you make a C long as I know you did your best. He said, son, a C is average, and there ain't nothing wrong with being an average guy. He said, the world needs average people because everybody can't be Mr. Superstar, and we need some folks to cheer them on. We need some people there to catch them when they fall. And that went so far with me that later in life, when I was in pre-med and mathematics was not my friend, I understood that it was okay for me to not be as good at math as I am at anatomy and physiology. And I caught up. But what if I never had Cicero Young to deposit that in me? So uncle, big brother, stepdad, or biological father, I'm telling you, your loyalty and your support it means the world to a child. Number nine, challenge your children to be the best that they can be. Don't allow them to have setbacks and conflicts stop them. It's your job as a father to help your children get back up again. I remember uh, one of my mentors, well, two of them. One is uh, T.D. Jakes at the Potter's House. Another one is Pastor Lawrence Robertson, who actually runs the Potter's House, and he's the, he's T.D. Jakes' right-hand man. I was having the worst day, and Robertson said something to me. He said, son, you are much stronger than you think. I have told so many people that have sat in my office, male and female, young and old, gay and straight, With tears streaming down their cheeks You know what? You are much stronger than you think And the reason that I can tell you that Is because someone told it to me And that deposit in my heart Changed my life If you would make such a deposit In the lives of the kids That you can touch You will change theirs The next thing is number 10 You teach your children lessons Always be their first teacher Teach them how to have good manners by having them yourself. Teach them how to be dependable by being dependable yourself. Teach them how to uh, be meek and how to have perseverance by being meek and having perseverance yourself. Your character is their roadmap, and I'm going to say this especially to you young guys out there that have a a quote-unquote baby mama. Well, your kids may not ever remember what you said, but they will never forget what you did. So make sure that in front of your children you always own your best behavior because what you're creating, you're on that little blank, cute little two- and three-year-old mind, you're creating what the, their playbook. You're creating the very manual that they're going to need to get through their lives. The, number 11, a decent man is always a provider. He provides security and necessities, and he will do whatever he can for his family. Now, that doesn't mean your ass needs to go start selling no weed. I didn't say that. Don't go and start trying to cut up some weed and, you know, you got you some dimes, and don't go start trying to be the bootleg man. Do something that's legal. You heard me? Do some legal stuff. There's plenty out there. You can cut yards. You can help uh, distribute newspapers. You can work extra gigs. I know for a fact I watched my father who retired with a decent little pension, put on a bow tie and a jacket and work in people's homes in a catering business just trying to make sure that there was always some extra money in the house. And today, even at my church, it was so funny, my pastor said his father said to him, a man always has some change in his pocket." Now, I'm not telling you, brothers, don't go out there doing something strange to get some change, and that does not mean that you ain't got some change for some chick. Man up. Get off your behind and work and earn your money because that's what real men do. And then number 12, he shows unconditional love. You know, the greatest quality of a good father, even though you may get upset at your kids' faults and, uh They may not attain what you hope for them But no matter what You love them This whole family journey Is all about love And the best way that you can love someone Is by accepting them For who they are And dad For those of you that haven't been perfect Those of you that are like me And Dr. Allen Who in your youth did a lot of stupid shit You know For those guys I want you to know that it's never too late to turn it around and to be the man that you're capable of being. You know, kids, one thing I love about children of all ages, they may be pissed off as hell at you, but if they know that you're sincere, they will forgive you. They will give you a second chance, but how can you get one if you don't ask, and how can you make use of one if you don't do what you need to do to get it? So with that said, America, this has been Father Knows Best. I want you to make sure you tune in this Wednesday and check us out. We've got a heck of a show. It's Wednesday noon on Conversations with Devon Young. Julia, do you have anything else?
2: Just a chat room comment from Pionke, Um and I think it sums it up very nicely. It says, why would you let your children work at being the best by themselves?
3: Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, tell them they can put that comment on my Facebook page. That's really deep. Well, hey, America, we're about out of time, but I do want to tell you I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And if you can't find someone to appreciate and love you, why don't you just do it yourself? Anyway, have a fantastic week. I will talk to you Wednesday at noon. This is Conversations with the Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Now, have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.